one sacred pause with Jessica Winderl. Hello, and welcome back to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, and today I'm going to be talking with someone that many of you are probably familiar with, um, but we're going to be talking more about meditation and yoga, so perhaps something you don't know about Bertina mm-hmm. Serlitz. Mm-hmm. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So we met last year. We taught together at a yoga weekend, a yoga event. And um, you're primarily an Ashtanga teacher. Yes. Yes. So it's um, I started off with ten years of karate, and then uh, (laughs) I went from that to Ashtanga. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find? How did you make that leap? How did you find yoga from karate? Were you recommended to try yoga or? No, not really. I was. um, I've been doing the the martial arts for for yeah as I said 10 years and uh, some of it I liked and some of it uh, was a bit too confrontational <laughs> um, yeah. well like in the um, uh, my ba- my background is is from a lot of meditation actually so so I just wanted to find some movement stuff that had to do with uh, breath and focus so I think that that was why I chose the the karate first mm. and um, then after that I uh, I saw Madonna uh, doing the Ashtanga yes and it looked amazing so my my um, what's it called I was uh, I was a little bit um, uh, her her influence was strong on me since I was <laughs> so much into the pop culture. Yeah. Uh, but also, the, of course, the, the meditation and that it it's actually meditation in movement, the Ashtanga system. And mm. it's uh, everything about it really appealed to me. So uh, I stuck with it. And it's, it's the only thing I know, basically, about yoga. Yeah. Mm. And how long were you practicing yoga before you decided to become a teacher? I started up in 2003 and then I had my my first child in 2006 and then 2009. So I I, I was a bit on and off uh, in between these birthing things. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, <clears throat> at, at that time you uh, no one really knew how to uh, recommend or not recommend doing Ashtanga when you were pregnant. Yeah. So you went on- online and I remember Googling it and I was uh, just very nervous about it all and I decided not to to do the practice in that way. Uh, but then I came back in 2009 or 10, something like that, and then I started doing the daily practice because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't d- done that before and um, up until now. And I've been teaching for six years so the teacher training or the sadhana intensive, as it was called, <laughs> is more like um, I I was I just wanted to know more about the philosophy and yeah. I wanted to see what was behind everything. So the teaching just uh, you know it came very naturally after that. Mm. Well, and I I think that's true for so many people in terms of 
we just want to know more. Like the, we start doing yoga as a student and maybe it's a little irregularly. We go once a week, once every few weeks. And then we're like, Oh, I like this yoga thing. Mm. Then we go more often and more often. And then finally the next step is a teacher training. Mm. And speaking from my experience, um, leading the Atman yoga school and leading teacher trainings, I would say anecdotally about a third of the people who graduate from my school go on to teach. Mm. And the other two thirds take a teacher training just for their own information, just to learn more and be able to go for that intensive period of time, whether it's the weekend or Mm. a week or a whole month. Mm. Um, If you do a whole month teacher training at one shot, because you get to be around people Mm. who want to talk about the same things you want to talk about, who want to do the same things you want to do. And it's, I think it's just such a magical and special time when you're in a teacher training and you don't even have to worry about what other people think mm. about <laughs> being in a room with all these other bodies moving and breathing and sweating mm. and then laying in Shavasana. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you think about it, sometimes I saw a meme recently and it was, when you think about it, it's really weird that we all pay money to go to a room to lay down in public with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, that that sounds like Shavasana. Yeah, it was good. My teacher training was over a year, so it was um, uh, it was also very nice to have that uh, amount of time just digesting yeah. it when, yeah. we, when you were, as you were going. But uh, yeah, it definitely was a bit strange chanting in a dark room with people. In the beginning, the chanting I thought was very, um, was a very strange thing. Mm. But then after a while, I mean, the Sanskrit and the... Um, it does something to you. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, the vibration for yeah. sure mm. shifts and transforms. And I've talked about it on this podcast before that for me, the chanting is actually probably the most powerful practice of all of yoga. Mm. And and it's the oldest mm. form of actually practicing yoga. So there's, there's something there. Mm. And, you know, I'd be curious too, because you're a singer and a musician and an artist and what was your experience? You said it was a little weird to be in a room at first with people chanting, but having a musical background, did you start to find an immediate connection to the chanting or did it take some time to enjoy that practice? I would say both yes and no, because when I'm ch- when I was chanting myself, it was, um, it, it came very easy and, um, the sounds and I, uh, just something about it that I could, um, instantly, uh, memorize really long chunks of it mm. without uh, having seen it before. But, uh, you know, sitting and doing it with others and listening to the way everyone chants in their own personalized <laughs> way is is still very difficult for me. Yeah. Because it just, uh, and it's just a really crappy part of my personality, but it's because I've been working with music for so long. So the thing when people are not synchronized, <laughs> you know, this is just yeah. a very, um, not very flattering uh, thing to say, but but it is like that. Yeah. So I think that I think it's um, super, super uh, difficult and and it takes a lot of uh, compassion and, uh, <laughs> and also uh, just to be patient, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, you get used to everything and, uh, but in the chanting and, and memorizing the yoga sutras and stuff like that was, uh, I think was, uh, super nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shlokas. Hmm. 
Um, yeah. Well, and that's funny. I, I wonder about that sometimes. I'm not a musician and I'm not musically inclined. Um, you know, and when people come to yoga and they're newer to the practices and they're worried about the chanting and they're like, is this a cult? What am I doing? Why am I saying this? Why am I, this sounds strange and funny in this weird language. Um, so many people get self-conscious. Yeah. And so then it's, I imagine for you, that's doubly hard to, to hold that sp- You have the one side of you, the professional musician. <laughs> and then the other side, the compassionate yoga teacher. I'm like the person everyone w- is dreading is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it, I mean, it doesn't really bother me. But it, I can see it's like an itch, you know, every yeah. time. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I get super attached to details with it because it's like, when you do the um, finishing um, uh, chanting in, in the Ashtanga practice, it's like Om Shanti 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 Hi. And then very almost everyone does it like in a very, like a, a minor, you know, it's like a minor mull. So so they, they go up one a half note in the, in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're going to the tombstones, you know, because it's like Om Shanti 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 Hi. And everyone does that. And I'm like, why is this so serious? And I went to practice with Sharat and and I was listening to, and I was like, I'm, I want to see what he does with that half note. Yeah. But it doesn't go up that half note. He goes up one a whole note. So it ends on a major, it's an it's a major uh harmony, and it just leaves everyone in a in like a uplifted kind of mood yeah. instead of that half note that we do. And I was like, yes, I knew it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it's up huh. one. It's like it's it's such a difference. It's such a difference. I don't know if I could, you know, just recreate it here, but uh, it's just such a difference. So stuff like that, I'm so nerdy about. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I you mean, know. <laughs> hopefully, we are nerdy about yoga and. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're really fortunate because you have an interesting background where your family, your parents, yeah. were pretty hardcore meditators, and mm. they, they raised you to meditate from a young age. Yeah. And so, when what's your first memory of meditating, or do you remember when you started? Because my my uh, my dad was always meditating. They were they started off, I think. Um, I don't know how long they from in the seventies probably, and then they found the Zen the Zen Buddhist tradition, which they never uh, they never proclaimed to be Zen Buddhists, but they followed kind of the um, yeah the tradition and the way of meditating. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, quite strict, and uh, for me it was just seeing my father in the morning because he always did it early in the morning and you always knew I don't have any brothers or sisters so they were not available you know to me uh, yeah. and they always were but uh, not when they were meditating so yeah. that was the first memory I have that you you as a child you get this tremendous respect for mm. people sitting like that and I can see it now in my kids because I meditate now in the actually uh in the in the bathroom it sounds strange but it's so warm the, the floor yeah, is so warm heated and they can come in you know barging in and they oops and then they leave because they can see it immediately and they just i think that that's kind of how it started and my mom uh, always meditated in the afternoons and from probably eight seven eight nine uh, years i was uh, sitting with her um 
not every day, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see what it was that they were uh, so uh, occupied with. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that's just really, I mean, what a gift to you to yeah. learn about that. And I mean, that's what you, the Yoga Sutras talk about is that all of yoga is stilling the fluctuations of the mind. Mm. And so everything that we do is a tool to help us get to that place where there's more stillness in the mind, more calmness in the mind. And then from there, we find that internal peace and mm. calmness mm. and sense of contentment and well-being, even when there's chaos around us. Mm. And I always think about that a lot, you know, especially in the modern society right now. So many kids are being diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, and they're being told to sit still mm. and pay attention and do their math. And it's like um, we think about as adults how crazy our minds can be. Mm-hmm. And then you think about a developing child. Like, of course they want to move and play and shake and breathe and sing and do all these things. And so trying to calm their mind is nearly impossible. And I'm not sure, because when I uh, I sat um, as a child, it was not at all about uh, stilling anything. It was, it's, it was your... I mean, you, uh, as you said, it's it's your imagination, which is like the thing that you live, you live for yeah. uh, as a child. So when you close your eyes, it's just it explodes, you know. It's and that is what I remember when you're sitting like in a dark room, and you close your eyes. It's no stillness at all. It's just it's a party. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what I got from it then was more like. Um, a continuation of the imagination. So it was going deeper into whatever was there. Mm. And not I had no clue about stealing anything. It was just going into something, going into the darkness maybe. Um, and I remember all these, uh, I was all, always very vocal about it afterwards. I wanted to explain to my parents all the things I've seen because you yeah. see stuff in such a different way uh, and but what I was left with then was more a, a, a feeling that I had somewhere uh, that was 100% safe for me mm. so I, I had a, a safe space really yeah uh, it was not quiet but it was safe and and that is what I mean if if anything that I took with me throughout like the very confused uh, teenage and early adult uh, life, it was like I knew that um, uh, I was, I always had somewhere where I was totally safe Mm -hmm. and it just happened to be like on the inside. Yeah, (laughs) but that's the best. Yeah, yeah. So so the stillness was more like... mm, trying you know when I was about 20 19 20 I was uh, moved out and and just uh, then I remember just starting to have this these projects about trying to still the mind and, mm-hmm. and but before that it was more like uh, yeah just uh, going into something last I, I actually I've started with doing that now again just seeing what's there and going into it instead of giving myself these strict um, uh, kind of guide guidelines. Yeah. Mm. 
when you were growing up and you're, you had this place where you could go turning inward and, and really exploring your imagination and what came up and your parents were big meditators. Did like when you would have friends come over and stuff, did they ever think you were a weird family (laughs) (laughs) or did your friends cool with it? Did your friends ever meditate with you? No, no, no. And, and this was not something that we actually uh, discussed at all. And my parents were, uh, I mean, we, they could control their meditation, so so we. It was never something that was. Um, uh, we never had the lifestyle to go with it. Yeah. It was more like we did this, and in every other way, there we we was, yeah we were eating our meatballs and we were you know it was just it was just this one thing, <laughs> and and for me that uh, that is also quite a powerful message to give to someone a child or adult is that you can start to cultivate um, the mind but you don't have to cultivate all the other stuff and by that I mean you don't have to change the way you eat or sleep or whatever uh, to accommodate um, your uh, developing mind I think so much of the yoga culture these days kind of uh, they kind of skip the most important thing which is cultivating the mind mm. and they go to the the clothes and the and the food and mm. everything and that's nice too but later on you have to you have to start by something really close and really difficult <laughs> uh, if you want to do this I think and uh, and then you can say, well, not everyone is on that journey, uh, and that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is really interesting because um, some of the people I've spoken to on this podcast do have a different opinion about that, and it's mm. that's the wonderful thing is that we're all allowed to disagree. Yeah, as long as we are respectful, yeah. and every opinion is welcome. Mm. Um, and I go back and forth a little bit because. <clears throat> Sometimes the argument is, well, whatever gets them in the door. Mm-hmm. If it's because they want to look good in their, you know, Lululemon tights, yeah, then yeah. who cares? Yeah. Let them come. Yeah. And then there's the argument that, well, okay, well, actually, this is a spiritual path. Mm. It's not religious, but it, I mean, it could be, but it's spiritual and it's about connection to spirit, connection to source. And so if that's the goal or if that's kind of what we're aiming for, then it would be more in line with what you just said, where we have to do the hard work and we have to do that first before everything else falls into place or even makes sense. Like, why bother yeah. with the small stuff if the big thing isn't being addressed? But I think this is a, a, actually a difference between the um, between the um, uh, ashtanga, well, the yoga, the physical yoga asana practice, mm-hmm. and and um, and the meditation, the sitting. Because uh, I mean, with, if you choose to uh, do the meditation, you, there's you 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 got to do the work. Yeah. But if you do you choose to do asana, you can you can actually just do asana. Yeah. Uh, and so that is more uh, when I ponder it a bit more. Um, it's actually quite a big difference, I think, between uh, sitting and breathing and and moving and breathing. And, and I also think that the yoga, uh, the yoga asana system is is nice because it's more. Uh, maybe it feels more. 
uh, inclusive in a way, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a it's a way for people to to get to start to to think maybe in some of those uh, lines of wanting to go in. I don't know, uh, but but I see as I because I really like the Ashtanga um, system because it's very very clear mm. and it's. Uh, and it's it's a very clear uh, framework around mm-hmm. your uh, your inner turmoil. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, I can see that my sitting, my meditation is is actually going a whole other di- direction right now. Mm. So so this is like uh, I just started thinking about this when I was coming here to yeah. you. What is actually because uh, I've just done my my asana practice and. And then I meditate after, but in a whole other tradition. Yeah. I don't do the pranayama. I, I stop having a system, kind of. Um, I, I stop having the 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 the, the Ashtanga yoga uh, system around me when I do my breathing. Yeah. Uh, so so you just have, maybe you have to pick and choose a bit actually. That's that would be what I think too mm. is mm. Um, we have to find what works for us and not every system or every school or every lineage works for every mm. body or every mm-hmm. person. And, um, you know, going back to kind of, okay, well, which one is more optimal or which one would be quote unquote better? Mm. Is it however we get to yoga that's good or is it actually we need to be more serious about this? Mm. And I don't, it depends on the day. Yeah. For me, yeah. on what my answer is, I mean, my hope would be that however people find yoga and meditation, that then something gets sparked inside of them and they find that it totally changes them in ways they didn't know they could change, that they want to investigate more. They want to do more. They want to learn more. They want to do it more than just once or twice a week mm-hmm. and actually have it not be something that they do, but have it turn into who they become. Mm-hmm. And you know, but at the end of the day, who cares? Mm. My journey is so different from your journey or any other person's journey mm. that why should I even have an opinion mm. <laughs> about what somebody else is doing on their mm. path? Mm. Because it doesn't matter. My opinion should be about me and my connection mm. to the divine mm. or source or spirit. Um, but then, of course, then it's like, okay, you go back and forth. You're like, okay, well, I'm a yoga teacher, so I have to have some sort of an opinion. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's such a complicated topic Mm. but i think the right answer for me is who cares yeah just keep your side of the street clean do what you need to do what works for you Mm. and hopefully continue to evolve as a yogi yeah and 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 again i think the um, i mean for me the ashtanga system it's kind of uh well it's um Originally, it's like a facilitator for focus because it's too hard to just sit and meditate. Yeah. You know that that's like the origin of it, and um, and uh, so so for me again, I think that um, there's a big difference between people coming to me and wanting to learn yoga and people who are coming to me and wanting to meditate. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So so um, and sometimes. The, the people who who wants to do the yoga kind of starts to gravitate towards the meditation but as you say not everyone and yeah. it it doesn't matter but um for me this is um for me when it comes 
uh, to the meditation, uh, things are a bit more serious. Hmm. So that's just how I'm. Uh, that's my approach to it. Yeah, because I can I can see myself uh, doing all sort of crazy things in the Ashtanga yoga practice, and sometimes it's just it's just an arena for uh, performance. Yeah, and then uh, since I the the real discoveries I make is very seldom in the Ashtanga yoga mm-hmm. practice. That's more exhaustion and, you know, those things. Yeah. But the real discoveries happen when you sit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and maybe, as you say, next week I'll say something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but probably not. You've been doing it a long yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, you're probably pretty clear on your answer. <laughs> yeah. Does your um, husband or partner, does he meditate? No, but he... Uh, He's a natural. Mm. <laughs> you know, some people, they just don't know yeah. <laughs> how enlightened they seem. <laughs> no, but I've been, I've been lucky there, really. I don't know if he needs it. Um, I really don't know if he needs it. But he started doing the um, asana practice mm-hmm. and, and he sticks to it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's it's such um, it's it's so far from from his upbringing and everything. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's okay, uh, really okay with me. And and another thing, people have asked me is like, are you not afraid that your uh, that your you know spiritual evolving is not uh, coordinated with your partners you know Mm. and and that is another thing I was thinking about that you really have to take responsibility for your own (laughs) spiritual involvement and not expect everyone the the people close to you are not um uh they're they're not to be expected to do the same thing I think Mm. I agree and I think a lot of people kind of fall into a little bit of a trap with that especially when they're newer to the practices Mm -hmm. and they get so fired up and they're like this is amazing it's changing my life i'm going to eat i'm going to become a vegetarian and i'm going to start my uh dinacharya the ayurvedic self-care rituals and i'm going to do this and that and go to bed at nine go to bed at nine (laughs) which i do do (laughs) and now it's like i can't i can't i used to be such a night owl and then now Mm. no (laughs) 10 o'clock is a party night for me (laughs) but um Mm. and then then the people on around them mm. are not on board and they're like, okay, you're getting a little nutty out there. You're mm. doing some really weird things. Mm. And then an expectation is put out there that's not met mm. by the person who's doing the changing or who finds yoga. And they say, oh, why is my partner not respecting me? Yeah. Why are my family? I actually have heard this a lot in my teacher training um, that especially some of like older people, like parents and grandparents, maybe from different generations who really don't understand mm. what this yoga thing's all about or this meditation thing's about. Um, I've had some of my students come and be in tears because their families like are rude about it, actually. Mm. Like, yeah. And all we can do is um, work towards changing our perspective or finding that softness around somebody else's negative comment or approach or energy. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but we can't, change how somebody else lives their life no and i think you can respect that people 
are not interested, but you shouldn't respect that they're rude. You know, it's like just yeah. like with every anything else. It's yeah. you know, it's, uh, there's no reason. So um, yeah, but um, but I, I I've also heard a lot of uh, people saying that that you know they feel that they are uh, going somewhere very new and exciting, and they're for instance their husband is not doing the same thing but i mean who's to who's to say what is more exciting and, <laughs> and evolved i don't know right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i think the people that we choose to have in our life close relationships and partners um it's they serve as a mirror for yeah. us and i think they can help us evolve on the spiritual path maybe just in different ways than we think mm. If we have a difference of opinion or a difference of lifestyle mm. stuff. I mean, my husband, he enjoys yoga, but he doesn't do it that often and um, doesn't meditate. And he doesn't have to. And that's totally fine. Mm. And I think, and I always wonder, actually, I've never dated a man who was a yogi. And I've always wondered, I'm like, I think I might actually go a little nuts <laughs> if I dated somebody who's doing exactly the same thing I was. Yeah. For a while, it'd be really fun. Like, okay, let's go to yoga together. Okay, oh, you're teaching, I'm teaching, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I think after a while, I would feel, like, smothered. Yeah. But I don't know. that I've never been in that situation, but I think about it every once in a while. (laughs) Um, So that I appreciate and have gratitude for the diversity Mm. in my relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. But my husband also really respects what I do and, and respects my journey and my path. So there's never any resistance there Mm. so i've also never had to handle that situation Mm. that i've heard other people have Mm. too but it's i mean and and for me that's where the self-inquiry piece comes in is it's not just what we do when we sit it's not just what we do when we move on the mat but it's every choice we make in our life Mm. and for me i mean this podcast is called one sacred pause so how can we start to create more space in between our thoughts and our reactions and we can do that in our entire life. Um, for me, I found that makes me a lot more peaceful <laughs> mm. because I'm less reactive and I'm less like, ah, mm. somebody cuts me off on the tram instead of being like, ah, screw you, jerk. Mm. I'm like, oh, man, mm. take a breath, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> All right. Well, who knows where they were going? But mm. it's it, in the end, it's a practice to help me be more sane. Mm. And so that's the magic I've found mm. from slowing down and bringing with me the meditation into my daily life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to just, you know, practice something that um, actually has something to do with other parts of your life, but you're not, um, but you're not, uh, it's not so goal-oriented as Mm. everything else you do in your life, because because if you choose to have a daily practice it's like you you do it no matter what and then you and then, then you don't have any expectations because it's it's so uh, in a way the sitting is is just the sitting and i don't i'm not s- sitting there and thinking oh maybe maybe this will make me more compassionate or maybe oh i'm sure this sitting will you know make me more patient and cuz then it's it wouldn't be uh that's something quite different (laughs) but but as I've seen through the years is like if I do this this actually starts to whether I like it or not 
leak into the life I'm living because I'm not very I'm not very conscious when I'm uh, with my kids or uh, I'm not very holy when I'm with them you know it's it's life it's like yeah. it's raw it's sometimes you snap sometimes yeah. you curse and sometimes you you have to uh you know, this is, I don't li- live a clean life at all. I eat yeah. meat, I drink, I do all those things. And of course, yeah, I can feel that I'm poisoning my, my body sometimes. But on the other hand, I choose to do it because I can be very, get very anal in other mm-hmm. <laughs> things. So this is a way for me to, to balance stuff as well. And also get reminded that I'm a, I'm a human being and you have to, you be exposed to life in its in its realness and in in its rawness, and if you ever choose to have kids, my first uh, my my first child, she was screaming her head off for five months when I had her, mm. and I mean to even think about uh, meditating or you know taking any high road in any you know <laughs> this, it was just so raw it was yeah, like survival just survival yeah and. Um, but as I, the thing I like the most now is is that I surprise myself more uh, uh, more often than before in mm-hmm. in how I react. You know, I can things can happen and and I react and then I can kind of and I stop and I think, what? Where did this come from? This was a super good reaction. You yeah, know, yeah. You actually did this and and you were so annoyed with your son, yeah. but even though he was moaning and you know. Um, you you were able to meet him with uh with patience yeah and and then I, and it, it's like sometimes i wonder where did this come from you are a monster you know <laughs> you really are and and now this side comes up yeah and what have you done lately to uh deserve this yeah. <laughs> and the answer every time is oh yeah i've taken the meditation practice a bit more seriously the last couple of weeks mm. you know so, oh, I so, love that. yeah so this is this is and and this is the only time because i know i'm i know that i'm supposed to to say what you said like everyone has their path everyone finds their truth all of this which i really mean but when it comes to meditating i'm sorry i mean my finger is like going like a teacher and i say to everyone you have to do it yeah. You, you really you have to do it and someone said to me oh it's so annoying when people tell you have to do you have to do i'm sorry but this is the only way right. and it's not oh yeah you know i i like to to run or i like to lay, lay in my hammock in the summertime and watch the sea and that's my form of meditation i just go no i'm sorry it's not <laughs> meditating yeah. you know so i mean i'm probably a bit nazi there but um but this is something else, you yeah. know, it's something else. Do you think there are are other types of meditation? I mean, not just sitting watching the ocean, but... Or do you think it has to be a seated, still, silent meditation? No, I think it's... Um, it, it, you know, still I'm, I'm, I'm in, I, I'm in that uh, philosophy that is the Ashtanga Yoga system, which says when you cannot sit, you move. Mm-hmm. So I think moving breathing system, which Ashtanga is, mm-hmm. is like uh, it's it's like having in Norwegian it's called stöttehjul, you know the the small wheels you put on the bike, oh yeah, so training, wheels. training yeah. wheels. So I think every moving system 
are training wheel, wheels. The Drishti yep. is a training wheel, the breath, the bandhas, everything are training wheels. Yep. And then you sit. And that's, um, f- f- I would like to say yes, but for me that's the the only pure form where you really meet yourself and you can see mm-hmm. what's there. And then I see I hear people say, I run a lot, you know, I'm jogging and after that I feel so good because I've been so focused and that's something different. And I know about that too. It's runner's high, you know, it's just things firing. Yeah. But again, it's so different. Yeah. So, but within the the, medita- the the different sitting systems, I know I'm very curious how, how people uh, do that. Because, I mean, you have to first make a decision, I want to sit, you know. Yeah. But and when you've done that, I want to sit, uh, make that decision. Then I I think you could you have to to start searching. Yeah. Uh, for for uh, what what will I do when I sit? Yeah. And and um, and for me, I've been doing different types of stuff, and now I'm in a completely different school that I never thought I'd be in. Mm-hmm. So it's um so within but you have to make make that decision. This is, of course, you can say that asana practice, this is my moving meditation. Yeah. And this is my sitting meditation. But it, uh, for me and my monkey mind, the moving actually sometimes just stirs up stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, um, I I cannot find the still same stillness yeah. as when I sit. And that's probably, I don't know, maybe people recognize that. Yeah. Mm. Well, like... So I like to practice japa meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, if you're not familiar with japa, that's a seated form of meditation where you use the mala beads to count uh, a chant or a mantra. Uh, Do you consider that seated meditation? Yeah, but still, I think the and that, but the thing is, I'm not really not judging. So, so this yeah. is very uh, important for me because I think all the training wheel, wheels that yeah. we are talking about are super good. Yeah, it's so nice to have them. And I've also been doing the japa, and I think that f- for me as well, just to you know to 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 have that thing to focus on. Yeah, it's very very good. So, uh, like I'm doing now, I do that. Um, I meditate within the tra- transcendental uh, tradition. Yeah. Or and uh, and that's just so it's so different. Yeah. Because uh, it's you take away. It's like you open your mind in instead of narrowing it. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, focusing on the beads or yeah. focusing on on the breath. Yeah. You just open and you say, "Okay, I'll let all the thoughts in." Yeah. I'll just let them flow in and I'm sitting and I'm thinking come on you know just <laughs> show me what you got and then it's quite down and I've never I've never been and it's so easy and I've never been doing it like that before and for me right now it's it's um it's a revelation really yeah when you welcome the thoughts in that's when they stop yeah <laughs> well and I mean but I think that's too a testament to the evolution of your practice yeah, of also. course yeah yeah which is super exciting mm-hmm. and we find what works for us and we use it for as long as it works for us yes and then maybe we start dabbling in something new or we go find a different teacher or a different path mm-hmm. and for me that's like the mo- like I just wish I could be a full-time student all day every day for mm-hmm. the rest of my life mm-hmm. and I try to as much as I can mm-hmm. but um that that there's so much to learn about yoga and meditation and 
ultimately our connection to ourself and source. Mm. And so I love hearing that when people are like, oh, I'm doing, I've changed my practice a little bit and yeah. I'm trying something new and it's really like I'm loving it. I'm embracing it. Mm. I always think that's the coolest because it's, we get a lot of inspiration from one another. Mm. And just because something works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me, but I can be inspired by your excitement yeah. to try something new or maybe my practice has gotten stale or stagnant. Mm -hmm. And when the people around us in our circle of influence or other teachers, other students are like, oh, my God, I found this teacher I love. Go check her out. Go check him mm -hmm. out. And you're like, oh, OK, sit down and Google. And then, ooh, where's a workshop? Ooh, OK. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, it is. And it's so nice when you when you find the connection to someone uh, in that way that, um, yeah, it, it it's important to have, um, I said to my meditation um, teacher it's important to have teachers and she corrected me and said it's important to have guides <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i think uh, it's um some sometimes and we don't have that too much in our culture the yeah. the the teacher student uh tradition and it doesn't have to be like a guru you uh you totally renounce everything for but just you know, someone who guides us in yeah. in in what we do, and I think that is, I think it's important. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm. Well, we can't make it up. No. Um, if we make it up, we're going to be lost pretty soon, pretty yeah. fast. Yeah. And um, you know, that's why I've talked about this a few times. Just it comes up in conversation sometime. Uh, people with the influence of social media and all of that and people who are self-proclaimed self-taught yogis and then they're teaching other people mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm always just like so surprised i'm like wow yeah okay yeah there um there when i did when i got my black belt after 10 years of cut off that we you know the joke was people getting the black belt in the mail it, that was before <laughs> You know, just like it, when things happen too quickly, you you have to put down the the work, and that's another thing that, for me, is is for my personality. This is why the Ashtanga system is so good, because because it's, it's um, I think I the the discipline for me is important. Yeah, and 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 just the fact that I'm not making anything of this, uh, I'm there. There are no personal interpretations in the ashtanga system mm. and, and this can be very um uh people can get really uh, annoyed with this and and or you can like it it's, yeah it's, it's it's um it just depends on your personality but but i think that every every spiritual practice has to have some form of um something that you don't really want to do yes i agree you know so that mm -hmm. you it's not like oh this is lovely you know you everyone knows how that turns out and it's yes. wishy-washy and it's everything that you really don't want it to be well for me um it's the reasons why men don't don't come to to yoga class yeah you know because they're they think it's just so uh easy yeah airy fairy up in there in the air yeah. <laughs> and um which it's not come to class man. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but but i think as a teacher you have a responsibility there really to 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 break it down 
and say this is uh, for me it's like this is the system uh you can like it you can hate it but you have to make a decision yeah whether you want to come or not yeah okay and people go okay i've made a decision decision i'm doing it the next 10 weeks or whatever yeah and again how do you how do you react when you don't like it how do you react when you you're not able to to do some of these things you know um and then for me now i have the meditation twice a day uh on top of the uh on top of the asana yeah. discipline and for me it's it's super difficult yeah. you know i can do it once but that <laughs> second round of meditation later in the day it just takes everything you know and it's wow. and what is it that i'm doing yeah i'm just sitting down yeah. you know and i was like i have to make this i have to make this easy for myself i have to you know my little pillow is in the again in the in the in the hot bathroom yeah. environment that i know from when i was a child <laughs> i just thought oh, you've gone to full circle here now and just sitting down is just that people say it's it's hard to get out and exercise i mean going to your bathroom and sitting down it's even harder yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so so it's for me it's like a it's such a practice of of discipline these days yeah, yeah but without hitting myself over the head with it yeah. so if i can't do it or something you know you don't you just give yourself a break but um it's an interesting kind of uh, quest to be on yeah yeah i yeah gosh i don't know over a decade ago i was working with um a therapist and she kind of presented this idea to me called dis- uh, freedom through discipline mm. and i was so resistant i was like discipline ew it's mm-hmm. such an ugly word and then i started thinking about it more and more and more and now I love that idea of freedom mm. through di- like freedom. Oh, who doesn't want that? Mm. Like I am very very resistant to structure. I'm very resistant <laughs> to being told what to do. And so for me freedom's the opposite. Freedom is just spacious and open. And so when you put the two things together, discipline this gross word mm. and freedom this beautiful word. At first they don't seem to match, but then you sit with it and you're like, "Oh, that's the key. Yeah. That is totally the key. And now I I still struggle with some with discipline. Mm. And I also have a lot of vata in me, so I'm very um lackadaisical about some things. I'm very creative. I'm very I'm all over the place mm. if I'm not grounded. Mm. And so for me, grounding practices and slowing down are what allow me to be balanced. And then through that balance, find the freedom. Mm. And it's now I'm just like, discipline, I need more. How do I get more? Yeah, yeah. And it was a shift in perspective that really allowed me um, to hold a mirror up to myself. Because when I was living my life without discipline, without structure, without grounding, and I thought I was quote unquote free, mm. I was miserable. I was so unhappy. My life was so out of control. And it was a really, um, not just uncomfortable, but a really painful place mm. to be. And so now I look back on that time in my life, my early 20s, when I didn't have that structure, that discipline, and I'm, I'm like, thank God I had that experience to kind of show me the way to where maybe having, okay, Jessica, you don't feel like it, you practice. You feel like it, you practice. Mm. Either way, you can still have a bad day. Mm. You can still have a fight with somebody or say something you regret, mm. but 
the likelihood of that happening is a lot less than if I don't have the discipline in my life or I don't have a practice in my life. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I don't practice the Ashtanga Vinyasa method. Um, I love the eight-limbed path, um, the Raja Yoga or Ashtanga from Patanjali, but that's a little bit more of the philosophy side of it. Mm. Um, but I can appreciate the Ashtanga Vinyasa method and what a lot of people like yourself get from that. Mm. And so I'm, I'm all for it. I'm like, more discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get nervous just hearing the word freedom. <laughs> really? Yes. How come? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, but it's, it's, it's what we, um, it's, uh, it's the, the um, we, we don't know what freedom is, as you say, it's, it's, um, uh, things I associate with it is, is like you, you mentioned is, is just confusion and, mm. uh, um, and, uh, and some, some kind of immature uh, notion that you've earned something, you mm. know. Uh, and um, but I think that it's also something that we we need to have it in our lives. If we hadn't had that in our lives, we yeah. wouldn't know how good it was to not have it. <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's the balance that everyone is talking about all the time. Um, which is good, but it's as you as you're talking about it, the the most confusing time for me as well is is probably as it is for everyone the the early adulthood uh, yeah. those years um, when you you just party and uh, but I find it now when I'm past forty I still party you know yeah. I still uh, go out and and like to but I know what I'm doing. I'm switching off, you yeah. know, and I say to myself, okay, this is going to be painful tomorrow. <laughs> you're switching yeah. off and you're just going into another space, really, mm -hmm. and where everything is okay. Because if you go out with your, let's say, girlfriends to, to have drinks yeah. and you're just really just thinking about that you should get up seven tomorrow and practice and I haven't done my second meditation today and you know then then you're not enjoying yeah. that either either so you just I, I just think it's um it's yeah just try to be cool about everything actually <laughs> yeah well and I think yeah. it's also just an under like you said it's an awareness yeah. peace like yeah. when you're in party mode or, or drinks with your girlfriends like you know what's happening it's yeah. not you've carved that time out and it's time to be social mm. yeah <laughs> and then other days you you carve your time out for your practice yeah. and that's what that time is for mm. versus it just being this kind of fluid like oh i don't know okay yeah. sure i'll go there sure i'll do that mm. maybe i'll practice today maybe not mm. it's that maybe I think that's really dangerous. And you can see in some uh, Ashtanga, especially some Ashtanga uh, practitioners, that the the physical practice just just kind of uh, overflows in a way. It, it mm -hmm. gets to be so important. Yeah, so rigid. Yeah, and uh, and and I speak to those people all the time, and and I wouldn't want them as my teachers. Yeah. So, so for me, that was kind of, I have regularly uh, yoga crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 
I tell my students, don't ask me anything now because I have a, another yoga crisis. And one of my uh, students said, well, what, what, what are we supposed to do then? You know, yeah. <laughs> when you the teach, teacher has a yoga uh, crisis, uh, it's probably not very um, very good thing to say to your students. But uh, I... In, with with regular intervals, I stop believing in the you know, in the Ashtanga system. Yeah, and it's either because I see people who are supposed to be teachers uh, and shouldn't be, or something self righteous like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I see myself very clearly, or I hurt myself, or something like that. Because I actually think this is a very um, real. Uh, thing that you're supposed to be through this very rigid system uh, that you're supposed to face every day um, with these crazy postures where uh, you're supposed to put your body in you know and then and then you hurt yourself yeah. and then for me the question is uh well uh, how did this teach you anything well it teaches you what you already know that you are a a driven, comp- a competitive person. Yeah. But I don't think that hurting myself teaches me anything. Mm. Uh, I really not. And and then okay, you heal up and you practice around your injury, and this really gives you a, a more. Uh, you know, if you if you have a parallel practice of meditating and sitting. This philosophy does stops making sense. Ah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah, and and so for me, it's it's I, I have I do the second series, uh, and and I'm I'm like it's it's painful, mm. and I can't always justify the pain. Yeah, um, because my uh, my sitting is just gives me so much more uh, of a insight or whatever mm-hmm. into all my flaws and uh, and uh, horrible sides <laughs> and you know and as long as my body kind of accepts this uh, rigid physical practice I'm I I want to do it because I think it's fun yeah uh, I really think it's fun and it's like yeah you know I can do this I can do this and I that's why I've been I'm I stop trying to do something when it's not fun anymore. Mm. I think it's important for the brain when you try to do Pincha Mayurasana that you are curious and having fun. Yeah. Um, I love that post. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, as you know, if you've battled with it, yeah. you, you know where the, where the evolving is happening and it's not, yeah. it's not in the, it's in the mind. And that's again, yeah, okay, then the, kind of okay it makes sense again for me you know yeah but um but yeah so this is what i struggle with uh almost every time i do my my asana practice and i see where it will end uh and i'm 43 and my body is is doing what i uh, like i like it to do but I don't think it's going to be so many years until it starts saying, okay, listen up, you know? Yeah. Um, and then if it's just a performance, then it's so short-lived, everything. Mm-hmm. So so that's why I think that. Have you um, tried other forms of asana? 
No, I haven't, because I think uh, within the asana system, well, I obviously tried, I went to flow classes and everything, but for me then that's just like, um, it's like, it's like a break. It's, it's not the discipline that I, I would like, yeah. but it's also because I haven't done it enough because I understand behind or the, the right teacher. No, or the right teacher. Cause I understand that behind all these different yeah. uh, directions in, in yoga, there obviously is a, is a, an, an idea or a purpose or, or a, something lying underneath yeah. and I haven't studied any of it. Yeah. So, so, so for me, uh, the Ashtanga just appeals to the, to my need of discipline. And yeah. as you say, the, the freedom within it and yeah. how the, it's easy to see how the mind, uh, evolves yeah. in some of it. And I think if you put on music and, and you flow, it's, I, I forget, I have a mind because it's so nice. I know, I know, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. but that's, and that is the thing is, you know, we do get to try different types of yoga. Yeah. And, and I don't mean just the asana, but we are talking about the asana and find what works for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoy doing an ashtanga practice um, occasionally, but... Mm. But for me, that system doesn't work. No. And that's fine. It doesn't have to. No. Um, it's a little too rigid mm. and a little too too much mm. um, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that's, you know, it is what it is. Mm. And that's just for us to explore. And, you know, my asana practice has changed quite a bit over the years. Mm. And it has to do with injury. It has to do with illness. It has to do with age. And it has to do with changing priorities. Um, I love sweaty, dynamic, challenging. I wanna, I wanna walk away from an asana practice being like, "What just happened?" Mm. In the best way possible, mm. um, where you're so focused on what you're doing in that moment that your mind doesn't have a chance to wander mm. or to tell stories or to get distracted. Um, but now my practice is a lot quieter and and. Some it depends on the day, mm. but for the most part, mm. um, I'm not. I'm no. I used to have a twice a day practice asana, and now, no, it's, no. there's no way I'm doing mm. that anymore. I'm mm. not as not as worried about the outcome, and also the muscle memory I think gets created um, when you've been doing the physical practice for long enough mm. that then you take a day off, or maybe you do something a little less intense, and it's fine. And then you come back the next day and your body's like, bam, just yeah. right back into that shape. And, and it remembers, and it's just like coming home. Like, mm. Oh, I'm here. Mm. Um, but you know, one thing be- besides the asana that I want to talk to you about is coming back to these ideas of meditation mm. and maybe the discipline of the asana, maybe that is part of it. But, um, when you are touring and you're recording music and you're really in like that world, mm. How much do you bring in your meditation and your asana practice? And mm-hmm. what does that look like? Does it change when you're really in the musician space? Well, um, the asana practice kind of stops and because um, you have to preserve the energy. And for me, it would be like if I had, if I, if, if I knew more yin, I would probably do more yin. Mm-hmm. Um, and but since I have the meditation, I, I sit instead. So, but th- the thing is for me, I am, um, I've been writing my songs f- since I was nine. That's how I started cool. writing my songs. And f- so for me, it always has been like, um, 
uh, a way of accepting everything, um, all all the kind of negative thoughts, all the unfortunate feelings, uh, just embracing how um, not perfect everyone is, <laughs> uh, and especially me. I mean, for me, it's been the 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 interesting things to write songs about mm. are not the the nice parts of your nature yeah uh, you know it's like uh it's like if you don't go into the dark places uh it's like chopping off an arm in the asana practice yeah. it's you have to go there and you have to say okay i am uh, not very generous i'm i'm jealous i'm vindictive I'm competitive you know all these things because it if you sit if you if, if you've been doing the meditation for a while you can see you know all these are just feelings and they're fleeting and you know it's yeah it doesn't define you and right. people are so scared of saying some of these things because they think they will think I'm a bad person yeah yeah and and you know this is just a, this it's not get over it it's not how it works yes so for me in in these 20 years of writing songs this is it's been extremely important to me to to open up to the so-called bad things yeah. and also to to go places to do things that are not uh, super healthy for me all yeah. the time and it doesn't have to be very dramatic it can be to to go with with people who are not very in touch with themselves and see what they do and tag yeah. along you know yeah and this is very, very draining. I did it a lot when I was younger and it was very draining, but I had, you know, 20 songs when I got home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and so this is like, uh, in one way, you don't want to desensitize too much. Yeah. Because in, um, in the work, but, but on the other hand, for me personally, uh, desensitizing a little bit through the, through the breathing, the meditation is good also yeah so it's like a fine line all the time but um well it can purify that energy so yeah. you don't have to hold on to it but you know yeah and if you're just very um if you're just very harmonious all the time you there there is that's not so exciting creatively yeah 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 so so this is how i mean i uh, this is how i've always worked with with all of me in yeah. a way and uh, I had to accept the the. Uh, it's it's like hudlöshet. We call it in Norwegian. It's like you're you're th you're so thin skinned. Oh yeah. That everything you just soak up everything, and and uh, that's that has been the big challenge for me. Yeah. Just because I um. Uh, yeah, I remember a, a song teacher. She thought I was on on drugs because I was so seemed so you know tormented <laughs> and it was I was never on drugs it was just life yeah you know <laughs> high so, on meditation yeah yeah well no 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 I was just not high on meditation at all I was just um I uh I don't think I had any uh, control over anything yeah and I was using it for my music mm. and the songs I was writing was brilliant yeah. to be modest but uh, <laughs> but then uh, you know uh, uh, for, for me it's it's better to have to have some of this um, stillness in my life uh, but it's 
and and you want to be so called happy and you want to have a good home life and stuff but it's not always so um fruitful for the for for the creativity yeah. and it's it's like an old myth that you have to be in pain to to create good things but to some extent i think it's true yeah so so that is kind of a um little paradox with being on this other uh, path with the meditation because you get really laid back and harmonious <laughs> and yeah. you take all the tops off and you take all the all the depression is not so deep anymore and and then you know you really have to uh, try to you have to go somewhere sometimes where you can find your own uh, confusion and and despair and and be be stupid and do mm -hmm. fuck up you know to to have something to write about because that is life you know well it's being human yeah yeah and i'm i mean when people only try and investigate the good happy love yeah, bliss yeah. it's like how boring mm. and you're just denying a huge part of who you are yeah yeah i am um, but i love what you said about being with being able to be honest about some of the darker areas of who you are yeah um but then the problem is some people misinterpret what you say mm. and they think that does define you mm. and i know i had a circumstance i mean not that long ago in the last two years or so where i was talking with a yogi another yoga teacher and i i thought she would understand what i said what i meant when i was like yeah you know i'm just i'm, I'm really selfish mm. and that's one of the things about myself that i don't care so much for mm -hmm. is how selfish i can be but i know it and i'm aware of it and um, and she just like stopped in her track. She's like, why would you say that? You're not selfish at all. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 you don't understand the context. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like my general humanness, mm -hmm. not that I'm always selfish, but that that's one of the things I have to work with. Yeah. And I was meaning more in a philosophical yogic path kind of way. And she thought I meant like, oh yeah, I'm just selfish all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that I have to be careful who mm -hmm. I say some of these things to mm -hmm. about the quote-unquote darker, bad parts yeah. of myself. Yeah. Because I don't see it as bad. I see it as, oh, isn't that interesting? Mm. I have duality within me. Yeah, and, and it's also like an experience is that if you, uh, if you say stuff like this, if you say that I'm competitive and I'm uh, petty and... And then people will say sometimes that, uh, oh, I have the complete opposite uh, view of you. Like, yeah. you're generous, yeah. you're uh, you're caring, you're compassionate. And I think that in there lies the whole the whole uh, solution. That if you are able to sit with with the, with the bad things, if you, as you say, categorize it. Yeah then they stop having the power over you uh, and then you will come across as something completely different. But if you had been running from it all the time, you know, then then that's where the pro problem lies, I think. Yeah, I mm. totally agree. It's, um, I mean, that's again, the self-inquiry piece. Yeah, yeah. So saying that you're selfish is like, yeah, you know, good for you that you can... Uh, sit with that without being scared to death you know right or going down the rabbit hole of self-judgment yeah yeah and shame and guilt and, and all there this is stuff. so much of that and i'm uh, sometimes i'm i'm a bit uh, amazed how how much of that is still around yeah uh, and i've been doing some talks uh 
where I'm saying this and people come to me afterwards and it's like, it's so refreshing and it's, you know, this more of this, more of this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's the message as a, as a person doing what we're doing should should project that nothing is off limits and yeah. nothing is dangerous and nothing you know just embrace it all yeah and then you can see what comes up and if if in either in meditation or in asana practice something keeps coming up keeps coming up you know okay let's look at that then yeah yeah if you hate everyone around you and use all your energy and you get injured from competing yeah you know okay let's just sit with that for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Bertina, I think, I think, unfortunately, we have to wrap up our conversation. Yeah. I want to keep, I want to keep talking, especially about like the, yes, the jealousy and the fear and all the, the less uh, shiny and pretty emotions. I think it's just like you said, it's so important to bring that up. And um, I love this idea of radical transparency. Mm. Um in personal relationship, but also a little bit in the context of being a teacher. And just like you shared earlier, you know, sometimes you come in and you're like, I'm having a little bit of a spiritual crisis with mm-hmm. the practice. Mm-hmm. And as long as we are grounded and as long as we are making progress, even if it's like itty bitty tiny baby steps, then I think there's no problem with being honest about where we are in um, our evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think it is super important to talk about that. You know, it's like, I don't want to be like, I'm going to use a bad analogy. I don't know if it'll work or not. But um, when you think back to like the fifties housewife and it's the, st- and then the U S they call them like the Stepford wives mm-hmm. where it's everybody's shiny and happy. Hi dear. Oh, the children are clean. And it's, it was all fake. It was all a facade. It was all unreal. And if we're talking about as yogis trying to get closer to reality, closer to truth, removing those veils of illusion, the Maya, then it's like, okay, well, it's going to get a little messy. It's going to get a little not pretty. Mm. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about mm. when it's not pretty. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy that you brought that up and, and we got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, me too. It's nice because, I mean, yeah, it's nice to talk about <laughs> these things with people who are uh, in it themselves. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being here thank and you. and sharing with us. And um, yeah, is there any final words you have or anything you want to say? No, but I think that I think as you you said now, it's that this is this is just what the whole the whole quest is about for me. Is like um, yeah, the acceptance of everything and uh, and not so much trying, not so much to. Um, to see it as a thing that happens outside you, but internalizing it and and linking it up to. I mean, yoga can be such an amazing tool if you can see the, if you can see the, uh, what's it called, um, the link between the stuff you struggle with uh, on the inside. With you know, you you can really use this asana practice. Um, to, and link something that seems sometimes a bit superficial, but you can really link it into something that happens on the inside and it can help you. So I, I really hope uh, that this is uh, something that people can find 
that this link gets stronger <laughs> between inside and outside. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my hope too. Get get more people doing more yoga, mm-hmm. more mindfulness, yeah, more meditation. Mm. Ah, oh. and that's what we're doing. We're raising the vibration together, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's awesome. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank and you. Um, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs>